0: to your community spirit the show about caring sharing and preparing for the changes needed in the world as we know it this is ord energy mon
1: and this is tree song
0: and we I don't know what do we do
1: <laughs> we blab
0: we bring you horrible news hopefully with enough sense of humor that you actually listen to us <laughs> yeah this is your community spirit today we are going to talk about how the world is going to end. Except Exxon doesn't agree with us. So listen in. The first news is the second biggest jump in annual CO2 levels reported as Trump leaves Paris Climate Agreement. As President Donald Trump prepared to pull the United States... Now wait a second. He has announced that he's pulling us out. Yeah. Prematurely because technically we wouldn't leave until 2020.
1: Yeah, there's like a process to... to Like a
0: week after the new presidential election. Yeah. So, if he announces it now, there's this whole process to go through before we can actually leave. Yeah. So, the whole time he's going to be president we will actually be in the Paris Agreement still. (laughs)
1: Yeah.
0: But we won't be doing anything, so officially we won't really be in it, right?
1: Yeah.
0: So... As President Donald Trump prepared to pull the United States out of the global Paris climate agreement this week, scientists at the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Agency reported that 2016 had recorded the highest or the second biggest jump in atmospheric carbon dioxide on record. Last year's increase in the atmospheric CO2 concentration was nearly double the average pace since detailed measurements started in 1979. That's part of the thing with science, is we learn that we need to start keeping track of stuff, right? <laughs> yeah. Once CO2 is in the atmosphere, the heat-trapping gas persists there for decades. Basically, it creates this blanket yeah, and keeps the Earth warm. And so it just does a good job of holding in the heat.
1: Yeah, you know, it's nice to be warmer than the vacuum of space, but (laughs) (laughs) we might turn up the thermostat a little bit
0: too much. There needs to be a balance, right? Yeah. Which means that even if global emissions level off, as they have started to do, the planet is on the path towards more warming, rising sea levels, and increased heat waves and droughts in the decades ahead concentrations of other greenhouse gases including methane and nitric oxide isn't that the laughing gas Mm
1: -hmm. nitrous oxide
0: huh is that what that one is isn't that the one that when you puff it it makes you laugh so maybe that's why people aren't like really thinking global warming is happening because the you know people are like increasingly being delusional
1: yeah they're getting giddy (laughs) from the nitrous oxide (laughs) (laughs) I don't know if that's quite the case but
0: it's a funny thought um Methane, so all this increased last year, according to the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration's latest update to its Greenhouse Gas Index. Now, imagine that being your job. You get to collect gas. (laughs) The heating effect of all combined greenhouse gases in the atmosphere increased by 2.5% in 2016, according to the index. Quote, the warming effect of these chemicals we're tracking has increased by 40% since 1990, said Steve a uh, National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration. Is there a way to, like, abbreviate that? Is it called NOAA?
1: Yeah, NOAA, N O A
0: All right. I so think I've
1: heard it called NOAA also.
0: Who co-authored the update, including, uh, continuing his quote, even though emissions are leveling off, CO2 is so long-lived that the concentration is still increasing, end quote.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's part of the reason why humans seem to be having some difficulty wrapping their minds around this, is it takes decades for it to be fully realized, the effects. So. If you're having trouble planning what you're going to do this Friday, (laughs) then planning ahead for what's going to happen in a couple decades becomes even more difficult. But Uh, we have things like science to help us understand what is coming so that we can make decisions today based on that.
0: Besides, I mean, none of this is our fault. It was all stuff that people did 10 and 20 years ago. (laughs) So, you know, while our life happens, it's not our fault. Well, I don't know, something I do now will affect me in 10 years. Yeah. I plan to be alive in 10 years. Me too. Okay. So, I should think a little bit out there.
1: Yeah, it might be worthwhile thinking on things in, that are going to increase be in my
0: life months. um what is that? life insurance policy. I wonder if they have a global warming caveat on it like
1: <laughs> yeah. If global warming strikes,
0: yeah. Getting the atmospheric concentration to level off would require reducing emissions by a measly 80%. Oh, yeah,
1: no big deal, 80%.
0: Now, that 80% is actually what is targeted under the Paris Climate Agreement. But the goal is in doubt as the Trump administration rolls back climate and energy policies meant to lower emissions in the United States, historically the world's largest source of, I should just say, hot gas oh yeah we're (laughs) doing hot air (laughs) just like of all kinds so alright where were we
1: so yeah even though the latest figures are sobering the fact that global carbon emissions are starting to plateau is a hopeful sign said Pennsylvania State University climate scientist Michael Mann quote this emphasizes a key basic truth there's nothing Trump can do to stop the dramatic global transition away from fossil fuels toward clean and renewable energy, he said. The world is moving on, and we will tackle this problem. At this point, it is simply a question of whether we get on board the great economic revolution of this century, or whether we get left behind.
0: The great economic revolution of this century.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, if, we, if our country decides we don't want to, you know, manufacture any solar panels, we don't want to do any of that sort of stuff, then... The other countries are going to
0: do it. Well, I mean, the simp- we we'll bu- end up buying it. The simple calculation is: waste is money lost.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And if you are polluting, you are wasting energy, and therefore you're, you know, putting money up the smokestack. Yeah. And so let's figure out ways to be more efficient because that's what business people do. <laughs> Just like yeah.
1: That. Well, and that's why a lot of the world is trying to transition to zero waste approaches to, to energy. But the U.S. is stepping away from that, at least at the federal level.
0: So, speaking of businesses, businesses don't like wasting energy. And so, ExxonMobil, did you know that ExxonMobil is the world's largest oil and gas company? Exxon shareholders approve climate resolution. 62% vote for disclosure. ExxonMobil shareholders voted on Wednesday to require the world's largest oil and gas company to report on the impacts of climate change to its business, defying management and making a milestone in a 28-year effort by activist investors. 62% of the shareholders voted for Exxon to begin producing an annual report that explains how the company will be affected by global efforts to reduce greenhouse gas emissions under the Paris Climate Agreement. The analysis should address the financial risks the company faces as nations slash fossil fuel use in an effort to prevent worldwide temperatures from rising more than 2 degrees Celsius
1: yeah this is something i 've been talking about well initially in regards to the lost uh, the, the legal actions against Exxon, but you know it 's one thing to to defraud the public, but if you 're defrauding your investors then you 're going to get in a lot of trouble <laughs> so if they 're not telling their investors that their business model is at risk from climate change then even the investors are now getting mad at them and saying, you have to tell us what your risks are related to climate change. You can't pretend it's not a problem anymore.
0: And we've been talking about this all year because last year, 38% of the investors voted for this, which at that point was a record.
1: Yeah, at that point they're like, wow, we got 38% of Exxon uh, shareholders to vote for this. Now they actually got 62%, and so it's going to happen.
0: Now, the vote at Exxon shows the rapid erosion of support for the company's defiant stance on climate disclosure, and it caps a shareholder meeting season that saw unprecedented support for greater corporate disclosure on climate change. In recent weeks, shareholders voted in favor of climate risk analysis at two other major energy companies, Occidental Petroleum and PPL, Pennsylvania's largest utility climate-related shareholder resolutions also garnered record support at other big U.S. utilities that rely on fossil fuels. Dominion Resources, is that really how they pronounce
1: it? Dominion Resources. They're just yeah. like,
0: ha, 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 Dominion Resources, they're all mine. What
1: an ominous name.
0: <laughs> just like, um, and Duke Energy and DTE Energy.
1: Yeah. Did you hear about how the I believe it was Greenpeace? Someone flew an airship over this uh, shareholder meeting that said something about how Exxon needs to uh, have climate accounting uh, because it was they they weren't being allowed to do a billboard using Exxon's name in the city because they didn't have permission from the company <laughs> to mention Exxon by name. So instead, so, so they did an airship. So <laughs> basically,
0: anywhere in the city, you're not allowed to bad mouth. Yeah, but not
1: the company. The company yeah. owns
0: the city so much. They'll,
1: they'll consider it slander, you know, if you use their name without their permission. But they were able to get away with it on an airship.
0: <laughs> it's just like they don't own space yet. <laughs> yeah, they
1: don't own space yet. Yeah. So. So I, I I heard that news and I wondered if that may have contributed. All the people are walking into the shareholder meeting and they see this blimp flying overhead. This. No, airship. I think they'd
0: just be annoyed. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <Just> like <yeah. laughs> they would be like, "Oh, we know like... already. We're voting for it." <laughs> just like yeah. So,
1: so in, in other news, paramilitary security tracked and targeted no DAPL activists as jihadists, the documents show.
0: As people nationwide... So, so I mean, jihadists are like like people from.
1: Well, it's a contested term anyway. I don't like the fact that they okay. are, use the term, but
0: they but, they're, but they're basically comparing activists
1: activists comparing to violence criminals, you know, violent terrorists. And they're using that as an excuse to do surveillance and disruption. Okay. And it's affecting, we we don't know the full extent of it, but it's affecting a lot of No Dakota Access Pipeline activists. As people nationwide rallied last year to support the Standing Rock Sioux's attempts to block the Dakota Access Pipeline, a private security firm with experience fighting in Iraq and Afghanistan launched an intrusive military-style surveillance and Mm counterintelligence campaign. ...against the activists and their allies. And this is this is on U.S. soil. They're going to these nonviolent groups and they're...
0: Okay, wait a second. This is a private security firm... Yeah. ...is doing counterintelligence and attacking the activists.
1: Yeah. <laughs> on U.S. soil against nonviolent activists who are just trying to protect their water. Fun D- stuff. Yeah. Surveillance targets included everyone from Native American demonstrators to the actress Shailene Woodley who was a spokesperson along the way, along with other organizations, including Black Lives Matter, 350.org, Veterans for Peace, Catholic Worker Movements, and Food and Water Watch. The records label the protesters quote, jihadists and seek to justify escalating action against them. The activities spanned, but were not limited to, South Dakota, North Dakota, Iowa, and Illinois. So, they were doing stuff here in Illinois. We, they may have even done this stuff here in Carbondale, for all we know. Uh, we don't have the details of the document in front of us. The uh, document also shows that surveillance efforts continued after the breakup of the Standing Rock camps this winter, including ongoing pipeline protests in other areas. So, the firm is called Tiger Swan. It's all one word. And so, the, there are concerns raised by the ACLU and National Lawyers Guild. Electronic Frontier Foundation and others, uh, they're saying that these things would be illegal if law enforcement had done them. So instead, a private company is doing them and then working closely with law enforcement. It's kind of a way of getting around the restrictions on what law enforcement can do.
0: And, of course, its employer, Texas-based pipeline developer, energy transfer partners, s- say, we hired them, we didn't know what they were doing.
1: Yeah. Right? <laughs>
0: That's pr- It's
1: plausible deniability, Yeah. And so uh, here's a here's a quote related to it. It's like a big brother society with a private corporation with even less restraints than the government, totally interfering with our right to privacy, free speech, assembly, and religious freedom," said prominent civil rights attorney Jeff Haas, who works with the National Lawyers Guild and represents several of the nearly 800 people arrested while opposing the pipeline. Yeah, so they Tiger Swan set up an information operations campaign. Which is defined in military and security circles as including collection of tactical information about an adversary, as well as the dissemination of propaganda in pursuit of competitive advantage over an opponent. So they weren't just watching, they were trying to, uh, uh, you know, spread. Well, they, were,
0: they were taking them seriously. Yeah, they took them very seriously. I mean, these activists were just camping out in the way, and yeah. they were like, man, they're stopping our billion-dollar pipeline. Yeah,
1: they're stopping our billion-dollar pipeline. So let's you hire gotta, someone
0: to, like, counterstop them.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so they were spreading propaganda to try to stop them. They were, uh, try- they were trying to foment divisions between the Native and non-Native activists. They were trying to uh, keep an eye on, like, the more violent rhetoric going on and trying to, you know, get involved in that, too.
0: Well, I'm surprised there wasn't more violence if that's what they were trying to do was pump up the violence. You know, yeah. I mean, there was there was a little bit of argument, you know, on the social media about you know natives versus non natives, but it seemed to be pretty, you know, w- the narrative seemed to stay pretty consistent. Yeah. On social media, so. What they did didn't work well, real well, <laughs> at least in the social media. Yeah, thing.
1: I think what they did wasn't as effective as they probably hoped. Because, you know, I did see a few posts along those lines of the division between native and non native, for example, but they still worked together and got a lot done.
0: Well, I think a big part of it was there was a lot of people who brought supplies there and then brought stories back to their communities. Yeah. So there was this, you know, hands on knowledge happening that wasn't, you know, as removed as it would be, you know, normally, so.
1: Yeah, and some of the surveillance included a Chicago area local anti-doppel church, as it was labeled. So they're they're surveilling a church, too, at least one church, to, to see what's going on related to Dakota Access Pipeline.
0: The company also reported on anti pipeline sentiments at a second church in Illinois' capital, Springfield, and according to an earlier situation report, was probing links between Black Lives Matter Chicago and groups at local university that it discovered via social media. Yeah. I think th- they probably had a hard time because there were so many people, you know, working on this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's it was like to pick and choose. How, how do they pick and choose who to like. You know, I mean, it seemed like tens of thousands of people were, you know, involved and interacting because, well, we're all downstream from that. Yeah. And so the idea that they would put a pipeline upstream from us that has the potential to leak the Native Americans who lived right downstream from that really caught that sentiment for all the communities downstream, it seemed like. Yeah. Because we are, I don't know. 1,000 miles downstream from them. But our community really caught the sentiment that, you know, that add oil spill spills up there, it's going to come all the way down to us.
1: Yeah. So, so yeah, and there are some more details out there. You can email us at info at yourcommunityspirit.org for our newsletter, which has the links. It's also at grist.org is the site that that story came from.
0: And there is a lot of links in this story. Yeah, and right. a lot more information that what well, we talked about, but that's the interesting thing is something that you know was happening and is happening in um, South Dakota is being affected and affecting us here, yeah, and that's the idea that it is all connected. Only you can prevent alternative facts. <laughs> can you vaccinate? Against climate denial? Since the dawn of scientific consensus on climate change, there has been climate denial. Realists have tried to undermine skepticism through political tactics, public shaming, and shouting facts into the void. That was void. Mm -hmm. Now scientists have pinpointed a novel approach to defend against pervasive climate denial. What? Yeah. <laughs> inoculation messages?
1: Yes, inoculation messages. Are we messages. really
0: talking about vaccinating?
1: <laughs> yeah, communication style.
0: Recent research has found that people are more able to identify misinformation if first notifies that it'll be coming their way. Wait a second. Yeah,
1: it's easier to tell someone's about to lie to you if, if someone says, hey, that person's about to lie to you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. <laughs> Just like... um and it works whether they or not they accept climate science. Yeah. In one recent study, participants were informed of Big Tobacco's use of fake experts to minimize the health impacts of tobacco, which was then compared to tactics used to, su- to spread climate denial. By the end of the study, inoculated participants held less extreme views on climate science than their un. Vaccinated peers.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> funny the terminology they're using, but it makes it's actually a really good analogy. Because you you expose them to a little bit of the false argument, and you're like, okay, here's this thing that somebody's going to say about climate change, but actually this is the case. So then when they hear someone say it for real, they're like, oh, I know this. This is this. So makes basically,
0: sense. if you know your facts ahead of time, yeah. Well, that's not true. If you know your facts and you get offered an alternative fact. That doesn't help. But, but if you're told that someone has this alternative fact and it's not true...
1: Yeah, then that can help.
0: Oh, okay. So...
1: Because then you'll evaluate it more critically. Like if someone, especially if it's someone you trust as a resource otherwise, starts telling you this fact, quote-unquote, then if that's the only thing you know, you just take it at face value. But if you've heard before that this may be an error in thinking, then...
0: Well, a common misconception is people say we need to choose the environment or the economy. Yeah. And if you look right now, the only economy that is booming is the clean energy, the, you know, the 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 economy that is actually thinking about the environment. Yeah. And that's been the case for decades. It's the only industry that's growing. And so if you think about the economy, you will make money. Oops, I mean, if you think about the environment, you will make money, and so this and or approach is fifty years old.
1: Yeah, and so then once you've heard that, and then you hear someone like Donald Trump, for example, say, "Oh, we need to do these awful environmental things to protect the economy," then then you you know when as soon as you hear that, you know you're like, "I've I've heard this. This is a mistaken thinking. We actually can do." E- economically good stuff that is environmentally good as well.
0: Correct. So.
1: Speaking of which, here's some more news U.S. renewable energy jobs employ 800,000 plus people and rising. Renewable energy jobs are growing around the globe as prices fall and interest in clean power rises. Worldwide, 9.8 million people are now employed in the renewable energy industry, including 3 million in the booming photovoltaic solar sector. Up 12% from just a year ago, a new study shows.
0: Now, if you would like to see this chart, send us an email, info at yourcommunityspirit.org. And um, I'll try to get it on the calendar, but there will be a series of um, workshops in southern Illinois. Um, I want to say it's June 13th at John A. Logan, and it's uh, about bringing renewable energy jobs to southern Illinois. And it's an all-day symposium.
1: That sounds like a good plan.
0: Yeah, so back to the world.
1: Back to the world. So this is from the International Renewable Energy Agency. Each year, uh, I don't know if they abbreviate it this way, IRENA, is, is, that's how I pronounce it, I-R-E-N-A, counts employment in renewable energy by technology and country. So it, in 2016, solar was creating U.S. jobs at 17 times the rate of the national economy rising to more than 260,000 jobs in the U.S. solar industry today. In the U.S. wind industry, now with over 100,000 jobs, a new wind turbine went up every 2.4 hours this past quarter. One driver of this rush to build out solar and wind capacity over the past few years was the expected expiration of a key federal tax credit, which were ultimately renewed, but with a phase-out over time for wind and solar. So the total number of U.S. renewable energy jobs still falls short of other countries, however. Uh, U.S. trails, European Union, in renewable energy jobs, and
0: it, and
1: all three are far behind China, the world's leader in clean energy employment.
0: Wait a second. <laughs> Did you just say China is w- way ahead of us?
1: Yeah. Man. They're doing a lot of clean energy right now.
0: <laughs> and China actually has a projected renewables growth of projected renewables growth of $2.6 million do- jobs a year between 2016 and 2020 with a massive investment plan for renewable energy power generation. Yeah. Now the United States has seen explosive growth in renewable energy jobs over the last 3 years with only an 82% increase in jobs in solar jobs and a 100% increase in wind jobs. <laughs> yeah. Over the last 3 years. And
1: so wind and solar are booming.
0: Well, I hope they're not booming, because that's, that's the oil industry. <laughs> yeah, are the oil booming. Industry.
1: They blow up. <laughs>
0: yeah, they're, they're, they're shining.
1: Yeah, they're shining. <laughs> that's <laughs> a better way to put
0: it. <laughs> Just like. so,
1: They're shining and the wind is blowing. <laughs> so we have some holidays coming up. We always get the most interesting holidays here. National Donut Day, always the first Friday in June.
0: And National Bubba Day. I will never forget... The the show where the guy from who worked at Arnold's called in and his name was Bubba, he was awesome.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So on Saturday is National Trails Day. Good day to go on outdoor trails and it's also repeat day. I repeat, Saturday is repeat day. What did you I repeat (laughs) Saturday (laughs) is repeat
0: day. Sunday is applesauce cake day. I don't know if I've ever had an applesauce cake. Maybe I should make one. Let's see. Saturday, I um, mean Sunday, is also Hug Your Cat Day. Monday is World Environment Day. Let's let's pull out of the Paris Agreement before that happens. So we yeah. don't have to. Good timing. Good timing. They should have signed it on that day. Yeah. <laughs> Just like.
1: So National Gardening Exercise Day is on Tuesday.
0: Go out and exercise with your plants. Yeah. <laughs> <Just
1: like. laughs> And Wednesday is National (laughs) Chocolate Ice Cream Day.
0: Oh, man. They
1: should put those in the other order. So you eat the ice cream and then you exercise.
0: No, exercise, then you're hungry. (laughs) Yeah, there you go. uh, Every time I exercise, I eat a bunch afterwards. I was like, I just exercise. Yeah,
1: time to refuel.
0: (laughs) It's like, Thursday is Best Friends Day, but also name your poison day. Mm -hmm. So don't poison your best friend, but go have some poison with your best friend. Isn't that what they call alcohol?
1: Yeah, that's. It's I like, think it's a euphemism for alcohol.
0: <laughs> just like, so we are in the month of June. The countdown has begun to summer.
1: Summertime.
0: We are in fight the filthy fly month. <laughs> just <laughs> like, of course, National Gardening Week is uh, this week. Gay Pride Month. National Accordion Awareness Month. I Mm -hmm. think if you saw someone play an accordion, you would be aware of it.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I bet Weird Al celebrates that one.
0: National Fruit and Vegetables Month. And Rose Month.
1: Yes. And it says Turkey Lovers Month. I don't know if that means... You love the live turkeys, or you love to eat the turkeys? It's a big distinction.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. If you eat them, do you really love them? (laughs) Yeah. Just like, I love to eat them. Eat to love them. All right. We only got two minutes.
1: Oh, yeah. Vigil for Peace is coming up this weekend on Saturday, noon to 1 p.m. at the Carbonell Town Square Pavilion. Billions in weapons to authoritarian regimes means more, not less terrorism. So they are meeting on the Carbonell Town Square Pavilion, noon to 1 p.m., and they will have signs appropriate, but you can bring your own as well. They're meeting afterwards, following the vigil at Cristados for their monthly meeting.
0: This Saturday, Keep Carbondale Beautiful is having the Chicken Coop. I want to say co-op, but I'm so used to saying co-op. <laughs> yeah, me The too. Chicken Coop Tour. That's right. The cou- the the Tour du Jour de Chicken. De chicken. I don't know. Chicken Coops of Carbondale. Hey. I was able to say that pretty good. I'm not usually good with, what is that, alliteration?
1: Yeah, alliteration.
0: This Saturday, it's June 3rd already, from 2 to 5 p.m., Chicken Coopers are still being sought to participate. The tour will run like previous garden tours. The self-guided tour will begin at the Town Square Pavilion, where maps and tickets will be available. More information... Give a call to Sarah Hire at 525-5525.
1: Also coming up, we have the Labyrinth Community Walk on Sunday at 8.30 a.m. at the Gaia House Interfaith Center, well, at the Labyrinth Peace Garden just behind the Gaia House. And they do that on the first Sunday of the month, 8.30 a.m.
0: On Monday, Classics for Kids at the Varsity Center and Jive with Jazz are interactive concerts designed to expose children to the joys of live classical music and jazz. That is Monday at 10 a.m. at the Varsity Center.